Uh, I, I did something this week that I think a lot of people did. Um, I went to see the movie Unplanned. Um, if you've heard about this movie, it is a, if you haven't heard about this movie, the story, the story is, it's of Abby Johnson, who used to run a plan, he was, she was the clinic director for a Planned Parenthood at a very, very, quote unquote, successful Planned Parenthood uh, clinic out in Bryan, Texas. And she has a, fan, a beautiful story of just coming to realize the sin of abortion and the reality of what's happening in those clinics. Um, and over the course of her conversion, over the course of her story, there's a lot of moments that really stick out that she's testified to in different times. One of the, one of the things that I've noticed just in my own life, being part of like doing March for Life and some other pro-life ministries that I've been involved in over the years, is that there seems to be two different approaches of how to call for an end to abortion. And the movie does a really good job of showing this kind of contrast between these two approaches. Now, if you go to New Orleans and you drive down South Claiborne, good chance you'll find somebody standing in the median or along the sidewalk praying for the Planned Parenthood to be shut down or for the conversion of the people inside, for mercy to be poured out on this place, right? But most of the time in the March for Life, I remember like, now we got a million people, uh, half a million people walking on Washington, and there's a few different approaches. And what we always tell the students is, ignore one and embrace another. One of the approaches, and it's shown in the movie, is characterized by a condemning way. You see it in the movie. There's this guy that's standing behind a fence. The, this girl gets out. She's, you can see she's kind of in turmoil, not knowing what she's doing. Do I go in the clinic? Do I not? And what happens? The guy's standing there, and he's just lobbing insult after insult, guilty, con like trying to poke at her conscience, like laying that Catholic guilt on nice and thick, that Christian guilt, and it's not effective. In fact, it's not effective at all. She is more than anything, she's, she's kind of thrown off by the guy. She feels, she feels judged, and she walks into the clinic. A little while later, in that same scene, you see somebody walk up to the fence with the other approach. Hey, what's your name? Hey, can, can we just have a quick conversation? I know, you're, I know you're feeling very, very, like the rest of the world is judging you. I know you feel like things are just crashing down around you. Like, can we just help you in that? That you don't need to take it out on an innocent life inside of you. See, that approach, the second approach, is much more effective. In fact, in the movie, it's characterized by the, the girl who's playing the, the clinic director looking and saying, they got one. You see, and I think that's something that when we look at today's gospel, this idea of loving or condemning, is something that when we look at today's gospel is, is very present in our world today. It's very, very present in our world today. And it's not just the abortion discussion. It's not just the abortion debate. It's not just the abortion defense, I should say. But it goes beyond that. I think in a lot of ways, we have, there's a tendency... Where if, hey, I do the bare minimum, I'm good. 
I know, I, I know from some time, time to time, it, it's very easy to judge the other person because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I know it's very easy for me from time to time to say, you know what, I'm a priest. I go to Mass, I pray. Why they not? It's very easy to lob insults and condemnations at another person and then not to look within first. Today in our scripture, if we look at our gospel and we break it open and we really dive into what's going on here, we see that the sentiments of the world are not necessarily the judgment of God. For example, the woman caught in adultery. She's thrown out into the public square. The the Jewish temple at this time of year would have been packed with people. And she's thrown on an impromptu trial before the court of public opinion. And Jesus is tested by a question. What do we do with her? Moses said to stone her, what do we do? Now, we may not know the kind, of, the kind of spot that Jesus found himself in with that question because Moses in the law did say if someone was in adultery and was caught in adultery that they should be stoned. That was part of the law. But at the same time, the Romans said that you don't have the authority to condemn someone to death. So if Jesus says yes to stoner, he's upholding Moses, but not the Romans. If he says no, he's breaking the law of Moses while following the Romans. So he's stuck in between a no-win situation. But what Jesus does is he turns it a little bit and he doesn't, I don't think he cares about the law as much. He upholds it, but he doesn't worry about the law as much, but rather he focuses on the people who have thrown this woman in front of them. What's going on in your heart? What's going on in their heart? We're going to catch them or she deserves to die. And he points out their hypocrisy. He points out their problem. He points out the condemnation in which they act. See, the law of the world, whether it be, whether it be the Romans, whether it be Moses, the, the expression and the intent of the law of the world was not what Jesus wanted to show as the way of God. I think in the same way, the law of the world, while we want to take care of women who, are in, who find themselves in these situations, is not the way of God in the abortion issue. But Jesus has this situation thrown before him, and what he does is he dives into the, the way of the man, and he says, why don't you, why don't you ex- examine within first before you're ready to condemn Why don't you check out what's going on in your own heart before you're willing to cast the first stone? See, I think this gospel today for us is an invitation in a lot of ways to examine within. Because we've got two different, we've got two different people that are, two different classes of people that are working here. The first one is the woman. The woman knows she sinned. She knows she's fallen. She knows that she has, she has committed an, a, a, a grave sin that warrants death. And she doesn't fight. She wears the stigma. And I think at times we can all find ourselves in that space. 
Like we reflect back on our life, I'm sure every one of us is not proud of something in our past. It might be our immediate past, it might be our distant past, but I'm sure that every one of us at some point or another is not proud of one of the skeletons that's in the closet. At the same time, the other class of people, the, one who are, the ones who are condemning, the ones who are throwing her out, the ones who feel like they're self-righteous and they don't need God's forgiveness in this, rather, they're in a space that they can judge the other. And Jesus turns their gaze within. He makes them reflect within. He says, he challenges them, look within your own heart before condemning. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times that, you know what, I just don't want to pay attention to my own sin. There's a lot of times in my own life that I find myself struggling with something, and you know what, I just don't, I want to ignore it as much as I can and just keep going about my day. But that's not the Lord's invitation for us today. The Lord's invitation is for us to go there, to pay attention to what has come out, and not to be afraid of it, but to invite the Lord in. See, there's a very big difference. There's two words that we throw around when we think of confession, when we think of God's mercy and all these things. There's shame and there's guilt. Guilt is okay. Guilt is like a signal that shows, hey, I messed up, and I know I messed up. Shame, there's no place for that. Shame is whenever we wear the stigma and we wear the sin and we just kind of hide ourselves. Guilt says, I did something wrong. Shame says, I am something wrong. And the Lord, when he looks at us, he looks at us like he looks at that woman today and he says, neither do I condemn you. The Lord doesn't desire for us to die the same way he doesn't desire that woman to die. He doesn't desire to cast us into heaven and to be a a judge who's going to rule with an iron fist and throw everyone in hell. The Lord looks at us today with the same merciful gaze, the same merciful look that he looks at the woman with and says, I don't condemn you either. But he adds to the back of it, go and sin no more. Come and receive my mercy and then go and sin no more. Come and drink of the water that I have for you and then go and live. Come and eat my flesh and my blood. Come and eat of me. Receive me into your life and go and announce the gospel of the Lord. You see, when the Lord is speaking this this gospel of mercy, that's the point, that's the reason why Jesus came, was to show how much mercy that that God himself has for us. Like how much love he has for us. That when we look at a crucifix, we see that God has no limit to the love that he has for you. Even with all of your junk, even with all of your sin, even with all of your struggle, even with all of your weakness, your addiction, whatever it is in your life today that is weighing you down, the Lord does not look at you in a judgmental way that you should be ashamed of it. Rather, he looks at you and he says, have life. Have it to the fullest. And neither do I condemn you. 
We're in this Lenten season, and at this point of Lent, we're getting to the end. And it's almost time to, to, to enter into the, the, the pinnacle of all celebrations. It's almost time to enter into the biggest liturgical moment of our church where we live out and experience the Paschal mystery present again before us. For us to approach it in the most pure and holy way possible, the best way for us to prepare is to experience God's mercy in a powerful, profound way that works. We have that gift. This week in the diocese, on Wednesday night, every church is going to be hearing confessions. So if you're somebody that doesn't want to go to confession because you might know the priest, go three parishes down one way or another and go to that priest. Every one of us need God's mercy. Every one of us is a sinner. Every one of us have guilt and shame in our life that God just wants to let out and get rid of. And he looks at us the same way he looked at the woman who was caught in adultery, and he says, neither do I condemn you. Come and receive of my mercy. And then go and sin no more. The Lord today is calling out to each one of us. He's calling out to us and he's saying, be like the woman. Not in the sin, but in the redemption. We look at the greatest saints, some of the greatest saints in our church. Mary Magdalene. Some people say that she was the woman. We don't really know because it doesn't say her name. But Mary Magdalene was a sinner, a public sinner, and was there at the crucifixion on Calvary. Paul crucified and killed Christians to try and snuff out the early church. And because of God's mercy and working a miracle in his life, he wrote half the New Testament. Augustine, we still talk about his reading too, and he has a fantastic homily about today's reading. Like Augustine, 1,700 years later, he went from being a playboy in his day to now a doctor of the church. God desires to work that same kind of miracle today for you and for me. And it's done through his mercy. It's done through us being open to let go of the junk and the shame and the guilt in our life. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to invite you today just to close your eyes for a moment. What sin, what space in your life needs healing? If it's a relationship, if it's an addiction, if it's sin from that's, in, that's in private or that's well-known, What space do you need healing in your life? Just imagine for a moment. You find yourself in the same space that the woman was in today's gospel. Thrown before people and judged. And 
and you look up and you see the Lord. You see Jesus looking at you. What's in his eyes? Is it condemnation or mercy? May we be, may we be close to the Lord today, letting him into our junk, into our hurt, into our pain. May we offer it up to him on the altar and let go of whatever sin is in our life.